Does the future of Gen Z look libertarian? Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Tuesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. And thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Stratus IP studios here in lovely eastern Indiana. Don't let cyber attacks or outdated business technology put your company at risk. Learn more at briannicholsshow.com forward slash Stratus IP. All right, Gen Z, we're talking about you guys today. So as you may have known, if you've listened to the show for a while here, I've been cautiously optimistic about Gen Z. I looked at the trends and Gen Z was seemingly a more independent and less hive mind generation. And then I got the voting results of the 2022 election and I think the numbers astounded me as much as they'll astound you. 25% of Gen Z not only went out and voted, but they voted for the Democrats. And that right there, big red flag. And I don't know if that is a good sign for liberty moving forward here into the future, and I guess, you know, be able to have a conversation to figure out, well, what the heck is the future for Gen Z? Is it a libertarian future, or is it something else? Joining us from the Libertarian Youth Caucus, Theodore Gherkin. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely, buddy. Thanks for joining the show. You uh, are out in California. You hail out there and worked with our good friend Michael Lima on his uh, recent candidacy or his campaign that is uh, out there for city council. And uh, I'm looking forward to digging into some specific issues that Gen Z, I'm sure, is talking about right now. But also, how can we talk to Gen Z? But first, Theodore, do us a favor. Introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience and how we can better talk to y'all Gen Zers out there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, so to start off, Gen Z is really becoming, you know, coming into their own politically, right? We saw a 50% increase in young voters from the 2016 to 2020 elections. And as you pointed out, they're becoming a larger and larger segment of the vote. So my job as the chair of the Libertarian Youth Caucus is to really represent the liberty movement and to help to promote this among the next generation of voters who aren't just making up you know, a significant portion of the voter base today, but who are going to be, you know, pretty much all of the people in power tomorrow. So, you know, it's really important to make sure that the Libertarian Party can sustain itself over the long term and that we can make sure that we're, you know, reaching out to younger members. And how's that going, right? Because back to my point I raised up in the beginning of the show here, the election back in uh, November didn't really seemingly paint too pretty of a picture for the future of liberty. As a matter of fact, a lot of Gen Z, it seems, is starting to side more with the left. So is it a matter of that we're just not doing a good job reaching out to folks? Or is there something culturally, philosophically, that we're just missing uh, here on the liberty side of things? Yeah, well, I think that there is certainly a large cultural shift in Gen Z, but I don't think that it works against us. So, you know, Gen Z, I think, especially compared to youth movements of, you know, decades before, Mm. is really not only looking for, you know, change and obviously making a better world for their future, but is really, you know, concerned about the system that we have today. Uh, Obviously, you know, a majority of Americans want a viable third party in our country, but that number is actually as high as 75% among Gen Z voters. Uh, They understand that the system is broken. They understand that Democrats and Republicans aren't working for them. And so they really want to be going out, making change and, you know, working on the issues that matter to them, not necessarily, you know, in the frame of the duopoly. 
But I think that so I think that that culture actually works really well for the Libertarian Party. But as you pointed out, obviously, the election results in 2020 show a shift, you know, not just to the duopoly, but to one side of it in particular. And I think that that's really all about opportunities, right? For a lot of these Gen Z folks who really, you know, want to be shaking up the system, want to be getting out there. Um, mm. They want to be engaging in organizations that give them the tools to do that, that actively sort of invest in their grassroots activism and allow them to, you know, make the change in their communities that they see. And so I think that there is certainly a large cultural shift in how Gen Z is approaching politics as, you know, concerned to your, you know, more middle-aged and older voters in the United States. But I think that, you know, it's really, it's a fixable problem for the Libertarian Party. And it's about, you know, if Gen Z has opportunities, you know, in the far left to go out uh, and, you know, work on, you know, socialist campaigns and stuff like that, you're going to see Gen Zers taking it. But if we as a party can give them opportunities to fight for liberty in their community, we can harness that cultural change for good. So you're a Gen Zer. Talk to us about speaking to Gen Z. What are some of these issues that Gen Z is bringing to the table right now as we're recording here in uh, December of 2022. Uh, I'm sure the issues have not really changed so much when I had uh, Isabella uh, Riley on the show back in 2020, I think it was, and we heard a lot of the uh, recurring themes, climate change, social justice, equity, all that fun stuff. Is that still a recurring theme or is that changing after almost three years of COVID? Yeah, I mean, I think you certainly have a lot of, uh, you know, conversation around social justice. But I think that, you know, Gen Z growing up in a time of, you know, not just one major recession in 2008, but another in 2020, uh, you know, seemingly moving from global calamity to global calamity, uh, you really have a sense of a fracturing of the political spectrum and uncertainty into the future. And so while I think you do see, uh, you know, those same themes of social justice, the further we get into, you know, time, the more we're seeing Gen Z care about, you know, sort of foundationally what's going to build upon their future. And so I found that issues like, you know, the national debt, that the United States is borrowing trillions of dollars on basically the credit of Gen Zers in the future, that is becoming far more salient to Gen Z every year that passes, uh, every year that young Americans get, uh, you know, more and more invested into the economy, right? As Gen Zers go to college or go to work, you're seeing, you know, a lot more of a focus on, you know, how we're building an economy that works in the long term and not just, you know, uh, moving and staggering from stimulus to bailout uh, all over again. So I think that you see, you definitely do see the the same issues, sort of like the overarching power and uh, concepts like that, but you are seeing more and more grounded issues as time evolves. Interesting. And I guess to some of the more, I don't want to use the word militant, but we'll say the more activist uh, Gen Zers on that leftist scale, how how do I how do I phrase this? How do we have a conversation with them? And, and let me preface that because I'm sure we've all experienced it, right? We all have that person, that special <laughs> someone in our life that they are the proverbial blue-haired sheep at the table, and with that, there I'm sure is a lot of weird and almost impossible conversations to uh, take place. And I, I say impossible because sometimes it's like the, the frame of references and the starting off points are completely disjointed. And I look at some of the folks on the left, and when you're talking about especially a lot of these more societal issues, it it's almost like you can't have a conversation because our terms don't mean the same thing. So I guess <laughs> I say all that, what do you recommend, Theodore, to have 
the conversation with some of those Gen Zers out there who they've taken on this leftist mentality hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that there is, you know, a lot of difference, uh, you know, in Gen Z and between libertarians and where the average Gen Zer is at. But I think that foundationally talking to, you know, the next generation starts with, I think, coming together to understand that the system is fundamentally broken. And I think that that's something that, you know, both we and those Gen Zers far on the left can agree with, right? The two-party system isn't working for the people. It's not working for our economy. It's not building a future that we can be happy about. And so I think that that's sort of where you can start with the common ground. And once you understand that what we're doing right now isn't working, then you sort of, you know, you have different options that you can go with, right? Some Gen Zers are going to choose to charge up the government route, right? They want the government involved in everything from social politics to economy, you know, whether that's on the left or the right, or they can, you know, sort of charge the other way, moving to, uh, you know, libertarianism and saying the system is broken. And so there's a foundational need to start to dismantle that. And so I think that the way you talk to Gen Zers isn't talking to them. I think that a lot of the gap is in like method and approach and how we fix the problems of today. But I think that you start by identifying and connecting on, you know, how the system is working against them. And then you can have a real conversation about what's the best solution to that. Because, you know, the, the debate really shouldn't start with, you know, what's better, like socialism or laissez-faire capitalism, right? It should start with, you know, the United States government has borrowed trillions of dollars against our credit. How do we fix this? And then I think that you can have a more productive conversation. Theodore, what would you say are some strategic blunders from a communication standpoint that you have seen old heads like me do when we go and try to speak to Gen Z? Yeah, uh, I think that often, you know, libertarians are very passionate generally about their philosophy, as is, you know, going to be pretty common in a sort of like third party or niche political space, right? Heard the that. People who are... <laughs> Yeah, the people who are there are going to be pretty self-selecting. Uh, you, you're never really going to hear a libertarian stop talking. Um, and I think that a lot of times when we talk to Gen Zers, it's sort of about understanding where, like, what issues hold salience for them. Because I think to a lot of, you know, libertarians, the issues that they care about the most aren't necessarily like the the existential threats that a lot of Gen Z is worried about, right? When you When you hear about a Gen Z protest, right, you don't hear it about, you know, tax policy, right? You hear it about uh, climate change. The world wars. is going to end in three hours if we don't yeah. save the polar bears from the meteor coming down. Don't you guys care? Don't you want people to die? Yeah, no, I, I've heard it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, that sort of alarmist uh, talk can certainly be uh, annoying when it pops up on Twitter or whatever. Um, but I, it, it does reveal something about the psyche of Gen Z voters and activists and that they they believe, and I think not wrongly, that the system is crumbling around them and that they need to take a hard stand to uh, protect it and so that I, I or to rebuild it. And so I think that communications wise, the party would do well to focus on, you know, those issues from a libertarian perspective, you know, maybe not harping on, you know, the world's going to end in six years or well, actually, we've passed that point. So eight years now. Um, but, you know, focusing on, you know, like debt or wars or the war on drugs or the carceral state, stuff like that. Well, and, and we talk about this a lot from a sales and strategy standpoint here in the program. What's effective? And we know, and you've mentioned this many a time, you've danced around the, the terminology. I'll outright say it again because the audience has at this point probably heard it 642 times, hence 642 episodes. That is, meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. And with that, when you look at Gen Z, 
<laughs> and, and believe it or not, folks, Gen Z cares about issues even more so differently than a lot of us because we're a little bit older. But even from a more cultural standpoint, in terms of just the way they look at the world, it, the lens is different too. So I think you're you're kind of hitting the nail on the head there, Theodore, that we have to be able to enter into the frame of reference that means something to Gen Z versus going in with what we're so passionate about, what we see as the main issues. And I think you're you're dancing around the issue. And that is for a long time, libertarians have just done a bad job trying to good idea people to death instead of actually having conversations. We think that we can just go out and say, we have the best product, we have the best solution. And inherently, because it's the best, people will gravitate towards us. And that's just not true. That's not how this works. This is, you know, if you're in, in business, if you're in sales and you're in marketing, you know that that's not how this works. It's the old commercial, uh, what is it, the old progressive commercial. This isn't how this works. Not how any of this works. But Theodore, I, I guess, talk to us in terms of moving forward. You're part of the Libertarian Youth Caucus. You're you're starting a different movement here in the Libertarian Party and trying to bring the youths in, which we so desperately need. So talk to us about the success you're seeing. Have you seen any pushback from any Gen Zers when you're bringing a Libertarian message? And I guess, what do you see as the prospects for Liberty now that you're seeing some Gen Zers actually asking some Liberty-based questions? In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. Yeah. I think that libertarianism, when it's introduced to Gen Zers, is a really, the first time that people hear about it, I think it's a really revolutionary concept. Because as I said before, right, most Gen Zers, you know, sort of believe that the system is broken. And the alternative that most of them are turning to, as you mentioned, is, you know, sort of going far to the pro-government, you know, left of the political spectrum route. Because I think that that's, you know, so much where we're at culturally. You know, we have uh, in our political culture, the Republican and Democratic parties, and for a lot of young voters, uh, the Republican Party just, you know, isn't it, right? The the party of, you know, big government and enforcing their morals and all of that and, you know, endless wars. And so there's sort of this default for Gen Zers that if you want to make change, if you want to shake up the system, you go to the left. But when you bring up the Libertarian Party, I think that there's this, this aha moment that happens in a lot of people's minds where that's not the only option. You can understand that the system's broken and there are multiple paths to trying to fix it. And so I think a lot of this is the Libertarian Party and libertarianism just isn't adequately represented among Gen Zers. And so they don't really even think about it as an option. And so obviously there's there's some pushback. Um, but, you know, I think that it does give a lot of people an option that they wouldn't have even thought of before. And, you know, even even the pushback that, you know, I usually receive when I you know talk at a high school or something about libertarianism is really indicative of the current political climate we're in. Like whenever I talk about libertarianism, most of the criticisms are things that usually are should just be leveled at Republicans, right? Criticism about, you know, like endless wars that like they don't really understand that libertarians would end the wars, that we want to end the wars, that, you know, we criticize President Trump's administration for four years and Obama's for eight years before that for going back on their promises to bring us out of Afghanistan. Um, and so I think that when you have this sort of mentality that's just the Republican and the Democratic Party, Going to the far left is a pretty natural stop for, for Gen Zers. But if you give them that option that is so distinct from both the Republicans and the Democrats, 
it gives them an opportunity to express those frustrations and get involved in a, in a substantively more productive way. Theodore, and, and you know, this is, again, a recurring theme, but you're just, you're touching on the importance of why we have to get involved in the education of, of the young folk, right? Because what we're talking about, and this goes back to a principle I brought up when I was on Tim Pool. When you're explaining, you're losing. And far too often, libertarians have to enter into conversations by explaining who we are. Whereas when <laughs> folks here... Republican, Democrat, for better or for worse, they kind of have a gut instinct in terms of what it means. And just by the on the, the, the reality that we have to at the onset start explaining who we are, we're playing an uphill or we're playing defense, we're fighting an uphill battle. And I guess it it speaks to how imperative it is. If we want to have success, kids have to learn about libertarianism, or at the very least, the options, right? Like it can't be that kids only learn the, the two-party system and go through school. That's what their confine of the world is. And if they're not going to learn this from school, parents, it's on you. Like, we, we have to fill the gaps where the, the public government schooling is not meeting what we need them to meet. And in the meantime, while we're having our Corey DeAngelis out there fighting the good fight, getting school choice across the nation, while we have our Tiffany justices out there with Moms for Liberty going across school boards trying to help fight back and change the curriculum, there's still a lot of stuff that we have to do in the meantime because we're still fighting an uphill battle. The slowest thing we know in America is government, is bureaucracy. <laughs> so while we're fighting that uphill battle and we have folks out there doing a great job doing that and actually making headway, we have our role to play. So I say all that because a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today can likely be remedied if we take the initiative ourselves and it starts with educating, right? Part of when I started my show way back in January of 2018 was I wanted a show that would leave folks educated, enlightened, and informed. And that's why I put it on my little uh, banner back there because at the end of the day, if we aren't bringing new information, not bringing value, bringing resources to people to show that our ideas are more than just ideas. Our ideas are the solutions to the problems they see before them. That's when we win. And if we aren't going to do that, then we're going to continue to lose. We're going to continue to bash our head against a wall. So Theodore, I say all that with the, the final kind of a uh, bit of the, the show here. I'll direct this towards you. Where do you think we will be 10 years from now? Do you see the Libertarian Party as a more pro-Liberty Gen Z party? And, and do you see Gen Z along the way adopting and, dare I say, adapting some of our Libertarian ideas along the way as well? Yeah, I absolutely believe that the Libertarian Party can become that voice for Gen Zers who are upset with the system, who understand that something needs to change. But I think that it's something that the Libertarian Party needs to adopt. As we touched on a little bit earlier, it, it is sort of about that messaging, that you know existential threat of, of the wars, of the carceral state, of all of that stuff. But it's also about giving Gen Zers sort of the opportunity. And so you know, I'm, I'm never one to uh, compliment the far left in the United States. Uh, but one thing that they've done really well is they've given activists really good resources and really good opportunities to get involved. If you are, you know, especially where I live in the Bay Area, if you are a democratic socialist or even, you know, all the way to communist, there are organizations that can get you trained, get you equipped and get you making change in your community. 
And so I think that that makes it, you know, even easier for Gen Zers who want to change things to go to the left instead of, uh, you know, to libertarians. And so I think that that's definitely something that our party needs to invest in getting, you know, chapters at colleges and high schools across the country and giving them real support and opportunities to get involved in, you know, city council races or congressional campaigns or legislative efforts, stuff like that. Because I think that if our party does that, then the Libertarian Party has, you know, a great message to sell to these Gen Zers that if you believe that the system is broken, then there's no better party for you than the one that wants to fundamentally change, you know, how the United States votes, right? Breaking up the two party system, giving people an option through programs like ranked choice votes, changing, you know, the way that the United States interacts with the world by getting rid of foreign policy where we act like bullies, right? Bringing our troops home from the Middle East, you know, dissolving organizations like NATO. I think that if the Libertarian Party can pitch itself in that way and can give students the opportunities, I see absolutely no reason why we couldn't do, uh, you know, the left of the political spectrum has been able to do, getting people who are upset with the system involved in change and trying to, you know, for lack of a better word, tear down the system that's mortgaging their future. Theodore Gherkin, we could keep going and going, but unfortunately we are already hard-pressed for time, which means... Time for some final thoughts, and my final thoughts, well, folks, yes, tis the season to be merry and to, of course, go ahead and support not only the Brian Nichols Show, but also to go ahead and get that perfect gift for that freedom uh, that freedom uh, fanatic, maybe that liberty lover that you have there in your life. Head over to briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop, and you can grab, oh, yes, I'm wearing our Michael Scott 2024 <laughs> shirt. You can grab that. Plus, you can grab our What Happened in 1971 shirt. We have our Klaus Shop. Now, that's what I call tyranny shirt. We have our ever-popular Magic Money Tree shirt. We have backpacks, garden flags, you name it, we got it. So head over to briannicholshow.com forward slash shop. Now, sad news. Sad news. I'm sorry. Yesterday was the last day for folks to go ahead and get their orders in for, for things to be guaranteed delivered by Christmas. But if you want to get rush delivery, if you want to get the overnight shippings, that's available. Just know you'll have to pay a little bit extra. Um, but with that being said, to help make it a little bit easier, use code TBNS at checkout. That'll give you a 10% discount there. Uh, happy, yeah, happy happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Um, and, and also with that, folks, uh, please do me a favor. This is something that we're uh, doing with our, our store sponsor, and that is Proud Libertarian, who hosts our shop, is if you get one of our brand new uh, pieces of merchandise, please just take a picture and... And submit it to either Proud Libertarian or yours truly. I want to go ahead and give it some uh, some retweets, some shares. And I know we're going to go ahead and put some of those up on the website. So you want to model some of this stuff and actually uh, be the, the face of some of the swag we got here at the Brian Nichols Show. Do me a favor. Take a picture of uh, you rocking your swag and uh, email it to me, brian at uh, briannicholsshow.com. Theodore, that's what I had for my final thoughts. What do you have for us for yours? Yeah. I think that the future is bright for Gen Z activists for the Libertarian Party, but I also think that we have a lot of work to do. Um, the Libertarian Youth Caucus is relaunching at the beginning of next year to you know, really do that investment work that I was talking about earlier, to build chapters on high schools and colleges around the country and give kids the resources to be able to express uh, you know, their political activism and frustration and make real change in their community. And so I am, I'm very optimistic that we'll be able to uh, you know, provide that pro-liberty alternative that we'll be able to get Gen Zers on our side. And I think that if the Libertarian Party continues to, you know, sort of support and invest in youth activism over the next decade, to answer your question a little bit more, more directly, I think that the Libertarian Party can be the party uh, of young voters, can be the party of change. 
And honestly, I think that, that that's really where our message should be going. And I think that as libertarians, it's what we should be promoting. The future is bright there, Theodore, with uh, libertarians in the movement like you. Thank you for bringing your Gen Z insights, but also teaching us all the fuddy-duddies how to talk to Gen Z and have effective uh, strategies when we go out there and try to spread our ideas. And yeah, it starts with actually, what? Meeting people where they're at on the issues they care about. Everybody say it with me. That's right. All right, folks, if you got some value from today's episode, you know the drill. Please go ahead, give today's episode a share. And when you do, please tag yours truly at B Nichols Liberty, Twitter, Facebook. That's where I'm most active, but I'm also over on Minds, Truth Social. You name the platform, I'm likely there. Theodore, where can folks go ahead and uh, follow you? They want to continue the conversation. Yeah, they can find me at, at Gherkin Theodore on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Perfect. And how about this? We'll make it easy for you folks. We'll include all those links in the show notes. And by that, I mean, if you're joining us here on the podcast version of the show, which I know like 95% of you are, well, all you gotta do, click the artwork in your podcast catcher. It'll bring you right over to briannickelshow.com where you can find today's episode. You can find the entire transcript of today's episode. Uh, today's episode. You can find all the social media links from today's episode. Plus, you can find all 642 other episodes of the Brian Nichols Show. And by the way, also, we have a video Video version of the program so if you have not had the chance yet head over to your favorite video platform youtube rumble or odyssey wherever it is all i ask do me a favor hit that little notification bell so you don't miss a single time we go live and oh also hit the subscribe button as well and if you're joining us here on youtube well don't uh don't go away yet please i have a video right here for you to go ahead and watch uh actually you'll have one over here as well please pick either one one will be recommended one's our most recent episode either way just go ahead keep watching and uh, when you do again please go ahead and share these episodes because they leave folks what educated enlightened and informed that being said brian nichols signing off you're on the brian nichols show for theodore gherkin from the libertarian youth caucus we'll see you tomorrow Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. follow me on social media at b nichols liberty and again if you'd be so kind please consider making a donation to the brian nichols show at brian forward slash support